Hello, and welcome to the Longevity Now podcast, the place for all your news and views of life extension from around the world. And for those of you that don't know, way back 15 to 20 years ago, there were a lot of brilliant people that were participating in the Immortality Institute Forum, which is now the Longevity Forum. And many of them went on to start companies and do other things that were very important in life extension and rejuvenation research. Um, but we are, of course, very happy that they did contribute a lot of great information to the forums that you can still find. Uh, even Aubrey de Grey used to be an active forum participant. Uh, and one of those that you might see some old discussions from is Mark Hamelinen. He joined uh, the Immortality Institute Forum back in March of 2005. He uh, hung around for a few years, and then he went on to bigger and better things. And he's here with us now on the Longevity Now podcast. Welcome, Mark. Thanks, Justin, for the intro. Uh, yeah, that's great you're, you're welcome. Well, I like I said, a lot of smart people uh, contributed a lot of great content and then put a lot of that into action uh, after kind of taking a break from uh, the uh, forum and longevity uh, organization. So tell the listeners a little bit about uh, what you've been doing in the last, say, 10 to 12 years. I know you've worked for a couple of startup companies and you've got some new projects going on as well. Yeah. So like you said, I was on the forum from like 2005 to 2008. And at the time it was kind of the, the only, one of the only games in town, if you wanted to connect with other people that were interested in longevity. But then I ended up starting in 2008, starting a PhD and all of a sudden I didn't have any time anymore. <laughs> and I was actually working in Cambridge, UK, uh, working on mitosems, trying to help with that whole project of Aubrey's conception. But while I was doing research, manually pipetting to feed my cells and transfer them. Uh, I basically came to the realization that if this is the way people did research, we weren't going to solve the problem in my lifetime. And I got an opportunity to come out to California and work on developing tools to accelerate the pace of research. Uh, and so I dropped out of my PhD and came to California in like 2008. And then first I was working on DNA sequencing at a company called Halcyon Molecular. That was a very exciting time. We were very naive about the difficulty of the problems of doing technology development, um, but we learned a lot. And while I was at Halcyon, I started a little meetup group for people interested in synthetic biology tool development. And we would meet for beer and when Halcyon eventually ran out of money and ceased to exist, that group of us started a new company uh, called Synthago. Uh, and Synthago's goal was to fully automate research, but to do it by getting really good at one thing at a time. So we were going to start with just synthesizing reagents like DNA and RNA, and then we would just keep on stacking functions on top of that. Uh, and we got really lucky because we built an instrument, a fully automated instrument for producing RNA at very high quality for a low cost. And all of a sudden CRISPR came along and people were, there was huge demand for RNA of high quality and long, long length. And so Synthago is doing really well right now. Um, I was there for uh, about three years and needed to take a break because the startup world is, you know, 12 hour days, six days a week. And so took a break from that. And I've worked on some direct-to-consumer biomarker efforts, worked in regenerative medicine, gene therapy. But now I've started a new venture, which is called Less Death. Uh, and the reason I started it is, like I mentioned earlier, when, when I got into the field, it was very small. 
and getting money to do anything at all was like a struggle. Now money is flowing into the field. It's, it's a big transition. And the limiting factor is becoming uh, people to do the projects, uh, people that know what to do, people that have the right background and shared understanding of the problem. And so I decided I wanted to start a program to help people get up to speed and find career paths to contribute to uh, the project of building a post-aging future. And that's lessdeath.org. And you've Correct. got a great website. People can go read about it. And there's also something that's coming up very soon that we hope to send a longevity member to, uh, and that is a longevity summer camp. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So the idea is to, we're going to be running these retreats and longevity summer camp is the first, uh, first version of that. So it is kind of an experiment, uh, but what we'll do is uh, we're looking for people that are talented in many different fields. You don't have to be a biologist. You can be physics, math, engineering, like clinical studies. Uh, we even have a lawyer coming. And so diverse backgrounds of talented people that are not currently working on longevity, but are passionate about longevity and would like to figure out how they could direct their career towards contributing to this like important project. You'll get to hang out with other people who have been working directly on longevity for like 10 or 15 years, and you'll get to learn from them and uh, form friendships with them. And hopefully then we'll connect you with opportunities uh, to work on projects or even jobs. Give us uh, the basic uh, details, the time and dates and place. Yeah. So it's July 21st to 23rd. Uh, it's in Nevada City, which is actually in California. Uh, it's near Northern Sacramento. Northern California, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone always thinks it must be in Nevada, but uh, there's <laughs> actually a Nevada County in California and yes. that's where Nevada City is. Yeah. So three days, people will arrive the day before and depart the day after. It's those three full days. It'll be pretty off grid because what we want to do is get people away from their devices and to really focus on engaging with each other and learning from each other and not being distracted from their normal life. Uh, it's actually camping. Uh, most people will be bringing their own camping gear, but it's a, a really nice facility with like, uh, we have, you know, showers and all the things that you need and food provided uh, in a beautiful location in uh, the Tahoe National Forest, actually. Yeah, great. Well, I hope that uh, we can promote it enough to get a great turnout for you. And like I said, uh, Longevity is going to be sponsoring this Longevity Summer Camp. So we do get a ticket that we're going to give away to a member to attend. So uh, look forward to that in the forums. Look for some more additional information. Now, before we uh, end the podcast, I just want to get your take on some of on your journey and some of the things going on in the rejuvenation life extension field right now, since you know so many people, you're highly connected. Um, you mentioned um, setting up tools and automation for with Synthago, and uh, you've seen other uh, areas, other shops, businesses doing that uh, type of thing. Is there a real acceleration in automated research right now enough that people can be optimistic there's going to be more rapid advances than what we've seen over the last say 20 years yeah i, th I think it's moving in the right direction we're not we're still not quite there yet like one of the things i've been doing to crowdsource this curriculum is talking to technology developers in the field i've just been surveying them and People tend to, I ask people, what do they think their chances of avoiding death by aging are? And sort of people at, in my age range, which is like mid thirties, typically say about somewhere between one and 5% is their chance. Um, but then I also ask them, what do you think a newborn 
baby, like somebody born this year, what is their chance of avoiding death by aging? And they'll often say something like 50%. And so I think that highlights that people do think the problem is tractable, but the question is how much effort, how fast are we moving? Um, and I think we really just need to move faster. And so um, I think it's moving in the right direction with doing automated experiments, using computational biology, much larger data sets, um, and that takes funding, right? So a big limiting factor has been in the past funding and now that's less of it. Um, but I think we do still need to be putting probably more effort on building the foundation on which we'll be able to develop the right technologies, right? Like, so like going after low hanging fruit, trying to find like some drug that tweaks the tweaks your metabolism in just the right way. I mean, that's great for buying a little bit of time maybe, but uh, we need more powerful technology if we're going to have a big impact on, on big life. impact. But I mean, we need, you'd have to say, we need human trials in order to pick the low hanging fruit, like rapamycin uh, has shown a lot yeah, of I promise. I mean, I'm super, super disappointed that we've had, uh, there's been a lot of things that we know should be tested in humans and just haven't been like, like there's a long is list that, of things. That it, is that something where the, the new thing, the new company, the new startup always takes most of the money working on some pie in the sky research, and then they fail. Whereas we could have been picking the low hanging fruit for years now with human trials, with known beneficial therapeutics and drugs like rapamycin. Well, I think part of the problem with some of the, some of the things that we can do right now where that we know we could be doing, it's hard to make money on them. Like rapamycin is just a natural product. Metformin is already cheap, generic. So who's going to pay for the trial? Because the pharmaceutical companies want to be able to charge $10,000 a pop for something, right? Like they, they're not interested in funding a trial for something that costs pennies. There's I got think, to be a way around that. I mean, that's got to be something that the people at the longevity summer camp <laughs> would yes. like to discuss. How do and you actually alleviating bottlenecks to progress is going to be one of the major topics. It'll be divided into three days. So the first day is aging biology. The second day is longevity technology development. And the third day is alleviating bottlenecks and discussing personal impact strategies for how you can be involved in that. Yeah. And you bring it back to the money thing, how expensive it is to run a human trial. I was uh, investigating running an animal trial of only five animals, and I was blown away by the cost and the legal hurdles just to do a small trial on animals. And I know some other companies, some other people you're familiar with were able to raise, you know, 5 million, 20 million. Mm -hmm. But they had to spend a ton of money on legal help, you know, and they had to have connections of mm -hmm. people who can get through the re regulatory framework in a quick manner and, and write uh, contracts for collaboration with other companies who are providing some of the resources for the human trial. And I think that to me, that is uh, when I've confronted against that, you know, I just don't have the money to pay the people to do that. Yeah. And that's part of the reason why, like, like having these in-person events is it's part of its community building, because like we want to, uh, if we're in this with the goal of extending healthy human life, health and lifespan, then we, we really want to work together on this. And so like, if you can just build relationships with all the people that have all the different types of expertise that you need and that you're, you're friends with them and you're helping each other out, I think that's important to like share resources, share, share talent, share expertise. Yeah. I would say so. That's a that's something that could be very useful. You know, p lawyers, um, researchers, teams that can help each other out more cost effective yeah. way. I guess you could put it that way. Yeah, um, a friend of mine just put it in a kind of funny way. He's like, uh, "You need to pass the 
the 100 year marshmallow test, not just the uh, like <laughs> one year or five so. year marshmallow test. I guess so. Well, uh, finally, uh, do you have any advice for any young entrepreneurs that might be listening to the podcast here? Because you've been through it. You've been in a couple of different companies and, you know, advised for different people and a PhD thesis and things like that. How did you make it through? I mean, as one person, I, I've you know, did you end up making some money that carried you through all of these years, be jumping from company to company, uh, you know, that has sustained you, or are you still just living in a garage and, 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 uh, eating rice and ramen or something like that? Um, I definitely prioritized the working on the things I cared about more than making money. And I think that's the comment to a lot of my friends. I mean, you have to make enough to get by, but I definitely, was scraping by for for quite a while. Fortunately, uh, a few of the ventures that I've been involved with have been at least moderately successful, and so I have. But that didn't happen right away. That that was a lot of work, <laughs> a lot of long hours. Uh, it is hard. Um, you got to put your nose to the grindstone. Basically, you have to. Yeah, win. yeah. Get out there and get experience. I would say. I think aging, trying to do something about aging, is the most difficult problem that humanity has ever uh, even attempted to solve. And so it's useful to have a little bit of naive optimism because otherwise you might not even start, but it's also good to get experience and spend time with people that are more experienced. And so I would say like, you don't necessarily want to try to jump in and do a startup right away, um, getting a job, working for people that are, that are very experienced and can teach you a lot of things uh, is a great place, great way to start. All right. Well, Mark Hamelinen, thank you so much. It's great to connect with you again after all of these years. And we wish you the best with the Longevity Summer Camp this summer. Thanks, Justin. And yeah, I look forward to like getting some applications from your uh, forum members. Excellent. I want to repeat something that Mark mentioned earlier in the podcast, and that is that this is a great event to network, to make great connections with people. And I might add that a lot of the presentations, a lot of the speakers that will be there are former Immortality Institute and Longevity Forum members, some of the best original thinkers in rejuvenation and extreme life extension will be there. You can meet them, you can talk with them, you can learn with them. So think about going to the Longevity Summer Camp in July. Until next time, I'm Justin Lowe.